and gentlemen, this is the first live from the series of lives about digital transformation. During these lives, together with our guests, we will be covering top questions from different industries about the digital transfer transformation in technology, data, processes, and organizational change. This is my honor to have a first guest for the first live, Laszlo Konia. He will be talking about the value generation, the key goal of the digital transformation. Laszlo has a huge experience working as a VP of uh, Deutsche Telekom IT Solutions. He's actually managing more than 1,000 employees since 2011, and he's covering delivering uh, actually global public cloud cybersecurity, IoT, and automation and software de development services. So uh, this is my honor uh, to present Laszlo, and Laszlo, floor is yours. Thank you very much, Lela, and thanks for the opportunity to be, to be here. And thanks for those who joined here or are watching this video from the recording. Um, if someone does not sell, I do not want to innovate it because the sale is itself showing utility and utility means value. This is a quote for Thomas Edison, which I think is really important nowadays as well. Uh, whenever we talk about digital transformation, about using IT to make our services or products enhanced, we need to focus a lot on the value what, the, what we generate to the customers, what we generate to the users, what we generate to the whole environment. Let, let me start with a couple of words about myself. I, I was born in Romania initially, then I moved, moved later to Hungary. Uh, I moved, I, I work across several countries. Uh, after doing my, my master's in computer programming, I also did a lot of other certifications like PMP, uh, Agile Safe, uh, MBA, and other trainings. And um, uh, working a lot with PMI in Hungary here, and now at this invitation, did a lot of positions in my career. Uh, fourth, was, uh, fourth position actually now in, the, uh, in Deutsche Telekom. As uh, Lela mentioned, I'm leading now a quite large department uh, here in Deutsche Telekom IT Solutions. I will talk about that a bit more later. And I'm a strong believer of digital future. I, I truly believe that digital and, and the whole world of IT can transform our, our life to a better one in the future. And I think this change is really important to, to us, to all of us. Myself, personally, I'm a kind of change addict. So I, I like to transform things. I like to make new things. And, and uh, even if those changes are not always successful, I, I really believe that these changes are necessary for our learning path and to uh, invent and do something new. If you, if you talk about digital, let me show uh, just a couple of slides from Peter Diamantis, who is uh, one futurologist and uh, at the Singularity University. Uh, I had the ch chance to listen to this presentation. He was showing a couple of slides how technology is speeding up nowadays. And these numbers are, are pretty amazing. So if you look at, at this chart in the last 70 years, uh, from the analog photos, what we had 1 billion per year. Nowadays, we have, have 1.6 trillion photos. That was a data from 2017. And uh, the analog photos went down to 4 billion, uh, meaning that, that everything goes to digital in, in, the, in the photographic world as well. And that's just one snapshot of our life. But if we talk about IT, about uh, uh, computers here, here on this slide, you can see that the speed how the development of, of this computing power uh, was evolving the last 50 years is really amazing. From 58, when we had two transistors uh, in, in one such equipment, in 71, we had 2000. And uh, nowadays, we have billions of transistors built in, in one single uh, PC or, or, or notebook. And practically, the price was falling continuously, meaning that nowadays, uh, if you compare it to 50 years earlier, we had a 27 billion fold improvement. That's really mind boggling how this the whole industry is, is growing, is speeding up, is enhancing more and more computing. And we can use all this to, to improve the business, to develop the business and, and improve user experience. 
And just going on to the next step, uh, the expectation is that in the next couple of years, on this slide is 2023, maybe it, be, it will be a bit later, but definitely in a few years, one single $1,000 laptop will be able to match the capacity of a human, human brain. And the expectation is that roughly around 2050, one such laptop will be able to match the, the, the computing power of the whole uh, human race, of all human brains, brains together. This is really something amazing. This is where we go towards singularity, where, where uh, computers will be much more sophisticated in computer power than, than the human brain. And the last slide showing this, this increasing of the speed is about the Internet of Things. It's another amazing part of the world, how it's all these little sensors and devices, what we use and, and we try to make smart everything around us. Uh, you can see that around 2025, the expectation is that out of 40 billion devices on the Internet, uh, three quarters will be already IoT devices. The non-IoT part is the classical one, you know, the phones, tablets, PCs, laptops, etc. And uh, uh, this shows that everything around us starts to be connected. So this whole world of IT and digitalization starts to be interconnected with everything. And, and in all this world, we have the customer, the user, which can be an internal one, an external one, uh, but but we have someone using our services on our, on our products and how can we help these users and these clients to develop their own world? How can we offer a much more digitized solutions to them? I'm talking now more, more of, of, from, from the side of a service provider, our, from our side as, as Deutsche Telekom, we are delivering such digitization services to others, but we're doing digitalization to, to us as well. And this will be part of my presentation in the second um, uh, part of uh, today. Uh, and it's important to, to think a lot uh, with the head of the customer. And if you talk about the customer, it doesn't matter if it's internal or external, but nowadays customers expect everything from everywhere. And, and that's the key to all these challenges, what we have and why we have to digitize everything and why we need to, to move to the cloud and we need, need to move to solutions which are really fulfilling these expectations. After COVID, obviously all of us have lived that and, and we still live it. It's, it's going to be a hybrid world. So we will not go back anymore to the office than it used to be before the COVID. And much more, much more uh, people will work from home uh, or mix from home and from the office. And this means that uh, a lot of solutions, a lot of technical and IT solutions have to be reachable through the internet so that uh, connectivity have to be uh, available uh, everywhere so that users can, can reach these systems. At the same, same time, as I mentioned, the Internet of Things, everything starts to be, become smart. So we have more or more devices like, like a, 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 a fridge or, or anything else which is connected to the Internet. And parallel to that, the customer's expectations are going up and up regarding functionality. So, for example, we are we are uh, delivering services to a lot of car manufacturers and, and a CIO of, of these companies just uh, ex uh, explained to us a, a couple of weeks ago in, in a joint meeting that uh, car manufacturers used to be companies which were delivering new versions of cars in a couple of months in, in the fastest way, or usually even years. The, the cars, the physical cars themselves might change slower uh, than, than IT definitely, but at the same time nowadays, the the cars, because they are also connected to the internet, uh, have also kind of digital functionality. And the customers, the users of the cars also expect a very frequent, frequent changes and a new functionality, ideally, let's say every month <clears throat> latest or maybe every week. So the expectation of these clients and customers towards the digital solutions is that they want to, to have this, this kind of new impulses, new solutions, new versions in an agile way developed and, and delivered. But at the same time, the last two are also very important. Cyber, cyber defense and data security are, are critical that we, we can, uh, can uh, believe that, that the providers who are delivering us these digital services are taking care of our data and they are protecting us also from, from any wrongdoers on the internet. So the, the expectations from the customers are pretty high. And for that, to be able to that, uh, I'm, I'm a really believer of that, that we need a kind of mindset change. And we need to focus on the customer. We need to focus on what the customer wants and how we can deliver that. 
I, I put here together a, a, a kind of classic economic uh, slide on, on this uh, 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 part of the presentation. On the, on, the, on the left side, you can see that uh, when we talk about a customer and what the customer wants, and we, we deliver to that customer a, a, a digitally transformed solution, a service, a product, an internal solution, an internal service, whatever we deliver to that customer, the customer in this whole change for the customer, there is a value what the customer perceives, which ideally should be higher than the price what they pay for it, regardless if it's an external customer paying an invoice or internal just cross-charging. And ideally the cost of the solution is even lower because the difference between price and cost is, is the service provider's uh, profitability and the, the difference between the value and the price is, is driving the, the sales of this, that product. So practically the customers are always uh, do have something in their mind, a value what they perceive for that product, which is called, you know, willingness to play. And, and um, when we talk about digital transformation, the digital transformation might have different goals. Why we do the digital transformation, we have to clarify from the beginning, understand why we invest money in that, and what is the outcome, how we would like to measure the results of the digital transformation, besides saying that, yes, now we are much more digital and is fancy and looking better. Uh, some of these results, usually the, the final result is, is, is always some kind of financial result because the, in, in the economic world, we need to, to, to have financial, financial gains. As you can see, usually uh, one, one target of digitalization is increasing efficiency, uh, which is decreasing the costs. Therefore, uh, we can generate more profit or we can go down with the prices and sell more. But definitely, that, that's one of the key results could be an increase of the rollout speed so that uh, we are able to, <clears throat> for example, sell more products in, in shorter time or come up with new releases, new products, um, being able to deliver faster to the customers. This, 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 this gives us uh, scaling capabilities that we are able to, to sell much more products, to install much more pro products, to operate much more products with the, in the digital transformed world, let's say. Uh, it could increase attractiveness of our solutions so that the customers are, are uh, uh, enjoying those products and therefore perceiving the value of the product higher. So the willingness to pay is higher <clears throat> and also definitely can increase the customer loyalty. Um, and, 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 you know, um, producers like Apple who are really good in this kind of, of increasing attractiveness and, and driving the willingness to pay higher or higher. Maybe the function functionality is not that that uh, richer than in the previous version, but the way how it's presented to, to the market is always showing that this new uh, version of, of, uh, of the solution is, is attractive for the customers. But if we talk about transformation, and, and I think one of the couple of the questions of Lela will come later about that, there are a lot of risks because uh, we are driving a lot of transformations at the customer side on, on our side as well. And we see that in many, many cases, uh, uh, you know, like in every project, and we are talking here, uh, with, with a lot of project managers, uh, uh, known fact that it's, it's very hard to estimate well the costs. So in many cases it's underestimated or how can we keep the business running? Uh, for example, we also work for, for logistic companies across Europe. And one of them, uh, the, the CIO of that company mentioned uh, again a couple of months ago that uh, uh, their, their uh, main logistics uh, uh, center in, in Germany uh, they have every three minutes, one truck is leaving that logistics center with uh, different uh, packages. And in case the IT system is down for three hours, that means uh, uh, that they are blocking practically all the highways around that logistical system or log log logistical center. And practically even the, the next city is blocked uh, in, a, in a huge traffic jam. And that's only because their IT system was down for three hours. So you have to, to take in consideration that there are some industries where this digital transformation has to be done in a very cautious way so that we are not endangering the, the main operations. And obviously you need a lot of resources on, on customer side, which is sometimes underestimated. So just put on the last part of this slide, if we talk about the value creation, in a lot of cases, the safe way for the customer is, is to base something as a service instead of transforming their whole world and, and investing in, in, in a totally new software, what, what is um, uh, working for a whole package for them. They just buy some standard services software platform or infrastructure as a service. These are more and more popular in the world. And, and, and 
in a paper use model, it's much easier with less risk to, to invest into that. Um, lot of, a lot, lot of importance uh, are around uh, how we implement these kind of uh, digital things. Uh, and these two things on this slide are, are key in my opinion. One of them is, is how we understand the customer need, which drives the whole transformation. And for that design thinking is definitely the methodology to be used. Design thinking is, is a methodology which is using uh, the, the customer in the, in the focus, the, the human in the focus. You, you have to emphasize and understand how the user and those, those who are benefiting from these services, how will they feel during this whole process of digital transformation or new services, uh, define, understand the problem, ideate it, prototype it, and then, then going into this whole loop. And during this whole process, you need to, to focus on, on, on the whole journey of the customer, which is called in the design thinking methodology, the customer journey map, where you go through the whole process, how the customer will feel and, and experience this whole process. Just like an example, if you implement a, a tool for booking uh, flight tickets, which is obviously due to the COVID now is not that popular, but hopefully it will come back soon then you need to understand the whole process from the very beginning when the customer comes up the idea that, that wants to fly somewhere, how, how the whole process will uh, materialize for this customer, how they will feel during the process. And to be able to, to use this, this, all this information and implement it in a, in a quite agile and, and uh, adaptable way, you need uh, ideally agile, agile organizations. And this is uh, one, of, one of the other key things what in Deutsche Telekom we are moving a lot towards. So we are trying to, to change step-by-step step, uh, several parts of our organization uh, to more, a more agile, flexible uh, organization, which are fast, resilient, and adaptable to be able to deal with, with this very much changing environment because you can focus on the customer and be, deal with all, all the huge amount of changes around the customer as well. And just one more slide about agile organizations, which is one of my, my labeling topics to say that. So to be able really to drive this kind of digitalizations, nowadays it's it's not not the same way like, like 10, 20 years ago when we did IT projects with, with uh, I don't know, planning for three months, planning the whole project, uh, whole details, and then working on it in, uh, for nine other months and delivering a final product. It's much more agile. You need to take in consideration a lot of other things. As I mentioned previously, customers are expecting a regular, uh, smaller updates continuously. So agility is, is all around us. And for that, the classical uh, top-down hierarchies are not feasible anymore. And we try to move much more into these uh, agile organizations, which are, for example, Spotify was one of the first companies trying to use that and implementing it where um, the decision layers are, are, are uh, taken down to that level when, when the whole thing is happening and, and the digital transformation or digital implementations are, are done and uh, uh, empowerment is, is all through the organization so that the teams themselves uh, have, have the right to, uh, to find the, the needed goals and they are able to implement it. And then just a couple of slides and then, then we can open the discussion with, with Lela as well about uh, some examples uh, around our own company. I, I brought a couple of things about 2020 when we did uh, an own digitalization journey. Uh, because I can't really talk about uh, uh, customer digitalizations that, that's more confidential or sensitive data, but, but I can show what we did in the last year. Our own company is a subsidiary of Deutsche Telekom in Hungary. Uh, we are uh, almost 5,000 people and, and we deliver services globally. As you could see, the, the legal uh, structure is a bit complex. We have two legal entities in Hungary, one of them working mostly for T-Systems Internationals clients, T-Systems is Deutsche Telekom's business-to-business uh, -business, um, service provider, and the other half of the company is working more, mostly for Telekom Deutschland, which is the network uh, uh, provider in, in, in Germany. And um, uh, we are mainly supporting these companies in their international deals. So T-Systems and, and Deutsche Telekom delivering their services in Germany and across Europe and use uh, us as, as practically a delivery point to, uh, to implement uh, these services internationally. And um, just a couple of words about the last year, 
which uh, in, 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 in which uh, COVID really was driving uh, the need for a much higher digitalization. If you, if you look at this slide, you can see that um, in, in 2020, uh, we, we started uh, you know, this, this whole uh, uh, move to home because of the COVID situation around March. And uh, the whole story obviously took the whole world suddenly. So no one was prepared that we need to work from one moment to the other at home. We, we were in a good situation because we are, of course, an IT company. So we had a quite, quite good uh, uh, environment and, and tools and, and virtual private network and everything prepared so that the whole stuff can work from, from home. Previously, we didn't even had a lot of tests around that. And luckily, like 30% of our stuff was working uh, from home. Uh, based on home office contracts. So it was not a new thing, but still moving 5,000 people in three, month, three, three days to home, it was new to us. And as you can see on the right side, we had to use a lot of agile mindset things. Uh, we had to decentralize our decision-making and empower our teams because we just announced to our staff when the first COVID cases appeared here in Budapest that please, from next week, start to work from home. We ensure you all the IT environment for that, but you need to organize your, your work and the team leaders were empowered in an, again in this kind of agile mentality to set up the new services. And parallel to moving to home and starting to work from home, we had to work a lot on the, on the digital part of the thing, how we will work with 5,000 people continuously in the online space. At the beginning, we didn't even realize that it will take a year or even more years because now we are well beyond one year and we are still working mainly from home but slowly we had to realize that we need to invest a lot of time and to move much more into the digital space we started to work a lot on on the online cooperation part meaning uh, using much more digital tools and and uh, converting our whole world into an online cooperation here we use much more standard things like uh, Miro or, or, uh, or Trello, a lot of Kanban things, a lot of agile things. These were standard tools what we fine-tuned for our own world and, and started to use for the whole company. And parallel to that, we started to develop a lot of new digital solutions. And, and we did that in, a, in again, in a very agile way, HR things. Uh, we already had a lot of trainings which were done in the, in the um, uh, digital world, or let's say in e-learnings. E but we had to move it everything in the digital uh, pace, space, which was a challenge, especially for kind of, uh, a couple of uh, soft skill trainings. We had to move the whole recruitment into the digital space again, which was rethinking the whole process of this recruitment together of our Six Sigma guys, where the, the candidates were addressed through the digital space and also up to us for today, we are hiring now uh, every every month uh, at least 100 new colleagues. Uh, we are we are because we are continuously growing now, and and still for all new candidates, the whole journey of being a candidate is in our company and being part of, of this recruitment process uh, is is just once they have to come to the company where they are joining us and and hopefully and they take over their assets. But during the whole process. The whole selection and interviews, everything is in the in the online space. We also moved our assessment centers to the online world, which was a huge challenge because the assessment center is a special tool where we test uh, people for very special positions, leadership positions, or or uh, some kind of critical positions, and and we try out their their uh, skills in in different situational games. And we had to move that also with with uh, uh, our providers together into the digital space, and. Also, all, all, the, all the other legal and uh, asset management uh, processes went to the digital space, online contacted pra practically. Uh, now I'm also working mainly from home, only usually once a day in the office. And I had to have to sign a lot of uh, contracts, but these are all, majority of these are coming uh, uh, in the digital solution, which is a, an own developed solution, but later maybe we will uh, turn towards a, a, a standard one. And we also moved uh, our, our back office uh, uh, helping uh, solutions into the digital space with a kind of uh, personal uh, open hours which were needed. And just finalizing my, my speech, we, we to, even up to today, we, we still have a lot of challenges, 
but we continuously try to rethink, innovate, uh, and, and learn, understand this digital world. As a large company, we, we still try to keep our staff motivated. The staff is really happy, by the way, to stay at home. We asked them twice in November and also in February, uh, what is their view on the long term after COVID? Uh, how many days would, would they like to be in the office? And uh, almost 2,000 colleagues answered in both cases. And, and the, the result was astonishingly the same. They, they answered they want to be 1.8 days at the office in a week. So a bit less than two days in the office and three days at home. And this is the way forward. This is our hybrid new world where we are going. And we, we do a lot of uh, online events, team buildings, using uh, all the digital opportunities, uh, standard solutions like Spotify, WebEx, or, or uh, trying to develop new virtual escape rooms with our colleagues so that the experience for, for these people are, are, uh, are really good. And just finalizing, uh, just a couple of words. Uh, if we talk about digital transformation, it's always good to, to look ahead and see what is coming on. I have just put here the latest uh, strategic uh, trend analysis of Gartner from, uh, from this year. And Gartner say that there are three main categories is people centricity, location independence and resilient de delivery, which will drive technology in the future and what we can use in our uh, digital uh, transformations as well. Internet of behaviors is an inter inter interesting uh, new thing about uh, dealing with, with the behaviors of individuals and even populations and trying to influence that, especially about uh, selling or making decisions. You, you might recall the Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, but, but this will drive a lot of discussions about ethics as well and how we want to use this kind of tools and, and methodologies. Total experience is about uh, merging or combining user experience, employee experience and customer experience because if we focus on all of these and employees and, and the customers are all very happy with the experience, what we give to them, that will drive productivity up and, and efficiency up. Privacy enhancing computation is, is about how to deal with, with the data in a, a safe way, even in environments which are not trust, kind of trusted environments. So uh, the new tools and new solutions are coming in the different public cloud environments for that. Distributed cloud is also a well-known thing uh, since quite a while, meaning that you keep your data distributed across geographies. Uh, reason could be very different. Uh, could be, for example, low latency that you want to keep some data in, in some environment or some region where it needs to uh, be accessed very quickly. And even the difference between maybe uh, different countries uh, could be too slow. So that's why you keep it, or you have some legal regulations why you have to keep some data in another geographical part of the world. Anywhere operation is about being able to, to manage your operations from anywhere. This is practically related, uh, related to what I said previously, that uh, every customer uh, wants, to be, uh, wants to access their system from anywhere, but as a service provider, the, the goal is the same. Us who are delivering a lot of IT services, we also do it from anywhere and from home as well. Cybersecurity mesh is also a new uh, way of, of uh, dealing with those devices which are not definitely are not closed in our network, but maybe out on the edge. And we still uh, try to uh, manage those in a, a secure way. Intelligence composable, composable business is a, is, is a very uh, sophisticated way to saying that the kind of flexible organizations who are able to make these, their decisions um, adapted to the business environment. And the last two, AI engineering is a kind of operalization of AI. So AI is now everywhere. We also started to work a lot on uh, about AI and start to, to de define use cases for our customers and ourselves and use it in different parts of the business. But so far, these are more island solutions and AI engineering will be about standardizing it, the, the production and operation of it. And hyper-automation is, is uh, combining a lot of different tools to, to reach uh, that uh, much automation as possible. All these are combined into the new combinatorical uh, innovation. So it's an interesting new world ahead of us. Uh, I'm really excited to see what's coming in the next year. And um, thank you very much for your attention, Lela. I'm, I'm happy to thank discuss you so with much. you.
Laszlo, it was amazing presentation. It was breathtaking presentation. Honestly, so much information, so much new things, and how much was done by your company. It's amazing. It's really amazing, especially during these uh, really difficult times du during this COVID post-pandemic times and the question actually uh, you partially covered the the topic uh, and you mentioned the risks and you mentioned challenges uh, especially with this unknown situation in the environment as well as in a business environment so my next question uh, when i when i was uh, thinking so so many changes so many digitalization so many uh, new developments what are the main challenges for you as a company inside that still continues and you already have some maturity on digital transformation already yeah you doing it you have implemented the several steps but it's still ongoing and i don't think it's a ending process it will still go on yeah as, as everything develops but for me it's interesting what is uh, what are challenges right now for you, for your company right now inside? And also, in addition to that, as a company who also does digital transformation to other companies, what are the main challenges you go to those companies and you face them? I think the, these challenges are quite similar uh, for us and for our customers. I would say that um, the majority of, of the processes of an average company uh, are, are usually already uh, supported by IT. So it's it's not not the case that you uh, you know uh, uh, a company nowadays in Europe uh, would or, or US or whatever part of the world would, would still still work a lot with paper. Maybe some very small companies, but a uh, usual companies they already have a lot of IT support. And the big challenge nowadays is that um, we have all this high speed in the world. You know a lot of fancy. Uh, trends, AI, internet of things, whatever. Um, and the customers want to cherry pick, want to start, start this one, that one, whatever, but still they have a lot of legacy systems. And, and the, the question is how you can move in this transformation into uh, an FMO, a future mode of operation, where you have all this kind of distributed cloud-based um, using uh, AI and, and, and these fancy new technologies uh, solutions but at the same time, keeping up your business and transforming these legacy systems into the future. So I think the solution is definitely a kind of compromise. And we see that for the customers as well, that they also try to, to convert only partially of their business into these new technologies. And still the, the old fashioned technologies are surviving. We still, you, you know, a lot of customers still have mainframe and, and running a very stable software on that main, main, mainframe. And maybe you, you try to move some of these legacy systems into the cloud in a kind of uh, Docker or whatever solutions with, which is simulating the same environment like in, a, in the data center. But these, these are not really transformations. It's just trying to, to, to make this accessible uh, from everywhere. But um, uh, it's, it's a very, very uh, long process to transform everything to a, to a new uh, a new, new uh, digital world, which is up to our actual trends, uh, because uh, in in some cases it just uh, the business case is not working. So you just calculate it, you realize that transformation uh, costs much more than what what is uh, your return on investment. So you try try to find uh, some kind of compromise, and uh, uh, there is always this kind of very very fancy attractive layer on it. But behind, usually you still have uh, some some uh, old-fashioned systems which are which will still run for uh, quite a lot lot of time. How you prioritize? For example, there should be some priorities. So how you start? You will leave some old-fashioned systems in place, but there should be some priorities. Yeah. For example, in your company, how you did actually that prioritization? Which should go the digital first? What should be next? So how those business decisions can be made? You know, it, it, it depends on, on, the, on the customer need and the value for the customer, like, like, like was the main message for my presentation, because in some, so it, you should move those functions more into this new digital uh, everywhere 
connected world where uh, you really need this kind of fun functionality. Uh, for example, you have uh, sales guys going on the road and, and meeting customers and and would, would be great to be able to access all, all, the, all the sales data, whatever. Then you know that you, you need to move to, for, for, for example, for Salesforce, uh, which is a cloud-based uh, software as a service solution and, and you implement there your, all your sales processes and uh, and uh, uh, you need to access that data continuously from everywhere and maybe there are some other other systems where uh, this kind of immediate need from everywhere is not that high or maybe your your data there is is really uh, that confidential that you try to to limit uh, its its access to, uh, access to to the internet to be honest this the second part is less and less usual so even even the production systems are you know, uh, nowadays uh, um, being more and more connected to the internet, which brings in of, of obviously new risks. So, um, you know, if uh, as you go more deep into these technology layers and you have the very smart um, uh, equipments like like the, the mobiles and the tablets, they you, you can protect those quite well from the from the cyber defense point of view. But as the, these devices start to be less and less smart, you know, little sensors or whatever, uh, equipment, uh, but they are also linked to your uh, network and also to the internet. They they also pose a risk. So uh, you need to analyze uh, and to understand uh, which part of the business you put out to this risk and how you defend against that. How adaptive? Uh, how adaptive and how adapted are uh, staff? Actually, uh, you mentioned that there was a like survey. There, do they want to stay uh, at home or come to work? So do they have this hybrid option right now. But uh, the minds, it is It's a shift of mind. So it should be shift. So how it is working with the mindsets and how it's working, isn't it challenging? Or how as a manager for the one, more than 1,000 people, how you deal with that? You mean this work from home in larger numbers? Digital transformation, because they also need to adapt. So the, the working from home, this is only one part of it, but there are some digitalization, new tools, new uh, systems and so on, uh, new ways of working. So you mentioned that we worked in a different uh, environment, pyramid uh, environment. Now we are working in a cycle environment. So how people, how fast they adopt? Uh, are there challenges? Are there any like uh, conflicts? So how you deal with that? You know, every change has its uh, usual change uh, pattern, as, as we all know, uh, even from the Kotter model. So at the beginning, it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, you have to explain why you do that changes. And, and if you do a digital transformation, it's usually not that hard because uh, people like to have fancy new things and start to use it. But when you are very used to kind of uh, uh, such for example, legacy systems, and they are changed to new ones. Even if they are fancy, you need to learn them, you need to adapt. Uh, they will maybe not be that uh, fine-tuned to your operations. So it's always uh, a lot of um, um, uh, opposition from, from the users, be that the local or, or, or internal or external ones. So you have to explain why you do that. You, you, you need to involve the staff. You know, with, with this kind of, of remote work, when, when we moved into the digital and we, we, we asked 5,000 people to work from home, that was kind of easy. So the majority of the staff, uh, it, it was, was not that hard to work from home. Obviously, for those who have little kids like myself, I also have little daughters at home. Uh, when they work at, at home uh, and the school was closed, it was a challenge. Uh, but in general, working from home was not that hard. And for the for, from management point of view, this kind of uh, remote leadership was much more challenging. So I, nowadays, I see that uh, managers uh, uh, would like to see much more the people in the office because it's easier to you know control them uh, than uh, when you when you have a remote leadership role. It's uh, the key thing is that you define what kind of outcome you expect and, and you measure your staff rather on the value they generate and not the, the hours what they spend on generating it. <clears throat> so that's a challenge. But if, if you go back to the digitalization question, usually I think digitalization itself 
it's not generating a, a, a huge problem for the staff because they like the things, uh, the new things, but, but the change process has to be managed properly. So to, to explain to the users why you do that, involve them, uh, getting their feedback and, and uh, driving them through these uh, early steps when the digitalization uh, process might be hard or, or uh, maybe even posing some challenges. Um, actually, I have uh, two questions from the participants. If I may, I will just uh, like convey them to you. Um, uh, the one question is that how cities should be ready for the digital transformation? How? Could you repeat how it? cities? Cities. Cities should be ready for the digital transformation. We all see that uh, digital transformations bring a lot of uh, opportunities uh, to the government and local uh, uh, local institutions as well, like in cities. We work for quite a few uh, cities, especially in Germany, in their digital transformation process. It's very interesting to see how, how they address it. Uh, and, and I think it can really address a, a totally uh, new opportunity for, for the well-being of the people, how you can manage all the, all the parking spaces, how you can manage the, the traffic through the cities, uh, and, and you can practically address all, any process of a governmental in, institution, and especially through this design thinking process that I mentioned, discuss together with, with the, the main uh, government officials uh, these processes, understand how you can improve that, how you can enhance the, the, the citizens' life. In this this is this is a, a different story than from from the economic world or the private world. In the private world, usually the customers expect a return on money. So you invest uh, ten dollars and you expect twelve dollars on, on return. For for the governmental institutions, that's a, a little bit different because uh, they are usually giving a service based on the taxes, but they are giving a service which is uh, uh, delivered by them. And uh, in many cases, uh, they can be measured on the quality of that service, how they can improve the life of the citizens. And maybe the return is not coming on the on the, this governmental institution side, but it's coming from, from the fact that the, the companies working in those cities in that city will be more efficient. They, they can have much more efficient operations, generating more revenues, and then ultimately paying more taxes to the city. So it's definitely a different business model, but still, uh, a model where you, you need to understand what you want to reach by this transformation, how you can measure that and, and how you can define it as a success story ultimately. Yeah, but it is unavoidable, I believe, because it's coming and it, it's just a matter of timing. Uh, for the developed part of the world, it's coming much quicker, uh, much rapidly. For the developing countries, probably it is slow process, still slow process. Another question that I have, what is the role of the government for this digital transformation? What you, how you see it? This is the next question. In my, my role, in my view, um, the government has a dual role here. Uh, one of them is, is definitely driving, as we mentioned previously, a lot of digital initiatives across the country and, and uh, um, helping those kind of initiatives, which are, are increasing or decreasing poverty, increasing uh, life uh, expectancy, increasing quality of life, and, and a lot of digital things can, can improve that. You know, all those IoT uh, equipments, for example, what you, you use it for healthcare monitoring, remote healthcare monitoring, et cetera, et cetera. You can implement a lot of use cases which are improving the quality of life of the citizens. At the same time, uh, for me, as a service provider for us, and I guess man, many others uh, across the world, it's very important that the governments are, are creating a legal environment which is incentivizing innovation and helping the private sector to develop new solutions and, and implement these solutions to, uh, to increase, again, uh, the, the, the value for the whole uh, country. You mentioned the legal aspect. Is there any legal uh, like framework or laws in Hungary about the digital transformation if, if, or if you have heard about in other countries? Yes, I, I think uh, all countries are working a lot on digital transformation and, and uh, uh, Hungary as well. Uh, in Hungary, I, I think we are in a quite, quite lucky situation that in, in many aspects uh, we are 
uh, in a, a quite good uh, um, environment. For example, uh, connectivity is very well uh, built up across uh, the country. So wherever you, you go uh, to live in the, even in the countryside, most likely you will get a good connectivity. And, and the government is pushing the whole innovation topic uh, as well. Uh, to be honest, all, for us, all these East European countries like Georgia and Hungary as well, we, we, we through this digitalization and through this globalization, we have the chance to be part of the global value chain, which is a totally different world like we had 50, 100 years ago. And from this point of view, 2020 was a, a big, big uh, event for us and, and a big chance for the future as well, because as, as I explained, for, our, for example, our company, uh, has 5,000 employees here in Hungary as only. Uh, you know, Deutsche Telekom is uh, uh, one, of, uh, one of the largest IT companies in the world, IT and telecom company, uh, 200,000, more than 200,000 uh, people globally delivering globally services. And in the previous years, we, are, we were growing uh, the services from Hungary and Slovakia and India and other, other and even Russia um, to a given level, but um, there were, uh, couple of, of, of areas where uh, we had the feeling that you need on-site presence and you need to deliver locally. If you had a customer in, in the UK or, or in Switzerland or in Germany, you had to travel there. And nowadays after 2020, this, these walls are just demolished. And we realized that uh, you can deliver from any, anywhere. You could deliver from Georgia, from Hungary, from, from India, it doesn't matter. You can, you can uh, have sales roles in these countries which is a, a brand new word for us. So in, in my team, we are building up now a, a team of 50 people doing a bid management, pricing management, uh, uh, omni-channel sales, uh, which, which is driven now from Hungary and, and, and done across uh, the Dach region in Germany, Austria and Switzerland, which was not used to be previously. So if these East European countries are, are, uh, are uh, able to have the, the needed IT background, and, uh, in the country, the infrastructural background and the needed uh, educational uh, background to provide the right resources for the smart national companies, then we can really jump on this new wave where uh, due to this globalization and the new virtual world after 2020, a lot of things can be done remotely from anywhere. And I think this, this, this is giving us a new boom. So I, I can share to you, you mentioned that I'm, I, I, I'm leading a department of 1,000 people, which is true, but by your end, our target is 1,400 something. So we will grow almost by 400 people only this year uh, in Hungary because of this boom, which is happening, which, which is amazing. Actually, this, uh, the conversation that we are having right now is a result, I think, of this digital transformation and boom actually that happened after the pandemic. Everything has speeded up. And for me, it's an opportunity, opportunity to have a chance to talk and share your vision, your ideas as a practitioner, practitioner who has implemented not in the company that you're running, but for other companies. So it's amazing uh, and it, uh, I, I, really feel that we have to be using this opportunity uh, in uh, Georgia. Georgia should be sharing with uh, uh, Hungary. Right now we're in a discussion to have the bridge same with the Kazakhstan, with Ukraine. So it's amazing how uh, speed is like uh, uh, rapid, uh, becomes rapid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Lela, let, let me ask also you some something. Uh, we have a few more minutes left. So how you see the digital transformation in Georgia? How you see Georgia? Georgia on the global map of, of digital world. Um, uh, first of all, when I was listening to you, you uh, were referring a, a lot about the data science and data usage and analysis and so on and so on. Uh, unfortunately, I do not see the lot of data collection at this point uh, in uh, lots of companies, neither in a private or public sector. Uh, most of developed areas for us uh, in Georgia is a financial sector and IT sector. Besides those data collection and analysis is not very well developed. So firstly, you need to collect all this data. So you, you do good analysis and 
good data science. So this area needs to be developed and there is a room for improvement in all aspects of uh, digital transformation. Uh, to say the couple words, uh, what happened after the pandemic? Yes, the digital transformation has speeded up. Right now, I feel the sense from the uh, society that there is interest what it really means, digital transformation. Uh, there are few banks, big banks, that are uh, trying to do the digital transformation. But if we compare the scale of the biggest uh, like, uh, countries, uh, the scale for Georgia is small. Uh, however, even though the, 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 the areas of digital transformation, are like uh, tools, uh, like um, techniques and so on, not uh, really mature, I still have a hope. Uh, since we are a small country, uh, we had uh, several reforms in country which were adopted pretty quickly. And I really have a hope that at some point uh, there will be a, a quick turnaround. And uh, we as a uh, people who will be implemented project managers and uh, like product owners and so on and so on should be ready what it really means. So we should not learn from our mistake, but really learn from the mistakes or the lessons learned from other countries, other companies. And uh, this is uh, very useful. So in short, I don't think we are, we are at the beginning of the digital transformation. There is still room for more to, to be done as in every country uh, all over the world. So we are getting there. Actually, it, it will take uh, more time. It will take to more time to educate. So people to get used to and, and adopt it. Of course, uh, one of the biggest challenges is uh, um, uh, internet access for the remote areas of Georgia. So in the mountainous areas where people cannot really access and the government is working for the digitalization uh, like internetization for the remote area so it will uh, will be one more additional like uh, incentive for uh, digitalization so uh, uh, we're looking forward to it thank you Lola for, for, for inviting uh, me and, and uh, driving these uh, uh, sessions of, of digital transformation for being the first uh, live speaker uh, on those uh, series of live uh, lives about the digital transformation. This is really my honor and uh, my pleasure to host you on this and uh, talk to you soon. Hope for participants and I'm sure it was really, really interesting and uh, see you later. Thank you. See you. Bye bye.